Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. Nick and George here with... Kicking it to you. I can't say the name of the episode yet. That's so right. Here's what. No, no, that's okay. Here's what we're... So the, we're going to reformat this a little bit. So um, today we're, we're going to be talking about one of the scariest songs of the 90s. We're going to be talking about how... If you say Barbie Girl, I'm going to be pissed. I love that song. <laughs> Why pissed? I love the song, too. And it's okay, one of the good. scariest... This is going to be a very pro of the song. So I'm not... I'm not this is not a takedown. So if you like that song, then... And that's the song, right, right. which it's not. Then, not. then, then you, there'd be a... We'd be... I'd be hardcore back in it. Um, we're going to be talking about how Shudder listens to our podcast changes this behavior based on our podcast clearly and has now we're lying and is now no, Craig Craig Engel <laughs> his alarm clock is our newest episode <laughs> I don't know how he does it I don't know how he does it but <laughs> but they literally this is one of the best comebacks of like we went from our, our last episode of whatever to now like the love letter to we Shutter. We're like, Creepshow, what are you doing? Fix your shit. <laughs> and, then, and then we caught up and we're like. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. So so we're, we got that coming Not up. Not on Creepshow. We didn't catch up on Creepshow and be like, what a great course correction. <laughs> and then um, Nick is going to pull the Martin Sheen dead zone move. He's going to grab a hu- famous human body as a shield. He's going to hide behind it. Oh, I'm not hiding. He's going to take we're, on an issue, and then he's going to emerge from behind, guns blazing, and he's going to like just like really... It'll be like Neo in the Matrix <laughs> when he goes through the metal detector, and he's throwing back his guns. <laughs> oh, shit. That's, <laughs> exactly, that's exactly what's going to happen. So that's what's coming up in this episode. We we sort of vague booked it. So um, yeah. I'm going to start this with the, the, the absolute last thing you should ever do, ever. If you're a podcast, you're listening... If you're thinking about being a podcast, just do, listen to what I'm about to do and do the opposite, and you will be successful. I am going to show Nick a picture to kick off our podcast. Actually, three. So th- these are people reacting. This is a reaction video, and I want you to try to imagine what movie they're seeing or what scene they're seeing or like whatever. Here's, okay. Here's their picture. Now, reaction videos, even for even for dark things, really, the thumbnails are fascinating. When you go to YouTube and you thumbnail it. Like even if they're like watching Saving Private Ryan or like whatever, right. the 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 thumbnails always shook, and It'll, then it's like it looks like they got their dick caught in a mousetrap. <laughs> totally. oh, right. oh. And then even if it's music, even if it's dark music, like like Led Zeppelin, No Quarter, or whatever, it's always or Dazed and Confused, Led Zeppelin. The thumbnails always like, wow, that man can sing. And then even if right. like whatever, so I want to show you these this reaction. These are different. All reacting to the same thing. Here you go. That's the picture. <laughs> they look. They look Describe to the listeners. To the first guy, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> the second guy's like, come on, man. And the third couple's like, come on, man. <laughs> exactly. that's, what that, that's what that looks like. Exactly right. So I have I've located one of my favorite songs. If you put yes. a gun in my head and said, what are they reacting to? Mm-hmm. There's no way I get this right. Like I have like a one in six trillion percent. Yeah, like yeah, one no. In you had no chance to, to get, get that right. You had no chance to get it right. But it was by way of they all look. Like very concerned is is the vibe I got. Yeah, the, the 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 eyes are like focusing on something that they probably don't want to be focusing. In right, and and they right exactly, which is why I find this so fascinating. So they are all reacting to uh, the filter song, "Hey Man, Nice Shot." It was, a couple of them oh, are reacting yeah. to the video. A couple of them are reacting to just like a karaoke video that's just lyrics. Mm-hmm. I have yet to find anyone on YouTube 
who has enjoyed the song. <laughs> Every reaction has been the same. They st so Nick, I'm telling you, there is a moment in this react in the couple you saw, which is really cool. I should, I'll I'll try to link their channel in the show notes because they're actually really good. But they they started, and when the song starts, the first like rock out, you know, moment, you know the song, right? Yeah, yeah, we've okay. talked we've talked about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when they when it's when it starts to rock out, the one girl throws her hands in the air, and the, the guy, her husband or boyfriend, whoever sitting next to her, is like honing in, like, "Don't celebrate too hard." He's like, "I can feel it's gonna be a mistake," and then he starts screaming, and she just gets like stunned, and then it goes back into her shell. But there's this creepy, unsettling feeling that that settles that you can feel it come to all of them at some point, where they're not enjoying it, they're trying to figure it out. Then it feels like someone came into the room and maybe is threatening them. Slender Man's at the door, right? Like, <laughs> I, it's very strange watching this old song creep into people's bones and unsettle them. Now. Legendarily, this song is about really horrendous things and really bad stuff. It's suicide, mm -hmm. trigger warnings, all that stuff. So I'm not here to talk about that. I, I don't care about that right now. The reason I'm bringing this up is, and, and I'm not even going to, it'll come up later, but the reason I'm bringing this up is that there, there is, the song lyrics don't make a lot of sense, actually, when you think about them, right? So there are things he's saying. So it's about someone who who literally stuck a gun and shot themselves, right? In their in their mouth and shot themselves, right? right. So ostensibly, most likely. So he, when you when you have a song like that and you have a line that says, um, "I wish I could have met you. I could have saved some face." Save some face <laughs> takes on right, yeah, right. It takes on very ominous connotations, very. especially with the music behind it, right? Well, it turns out this song was accidentally a hit. I didn't know this. It was accidentally released because of Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. That movie wow. made this song get released. It was released. It was played for the first time in America on a radio station at two in the morning, and the radio station phone bank went nuts. It was back then when you that could happen, right? Wow. And this song was just leaked. He had just left Nine Inch Nails. This song was leaked, and then all of a sudden, everyone was demanding it. It became a hit. It was leaked because it was part of the movie. Horror fans knew this was them. They could feel it. It was used in X-Files with Jack Black, like we talked about, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, but that arcade episode. The arcade episode where it's really, really well used. But it's in Tales from the of Demon Knight. It's in other things. It's in, it's in video games. It, it's a very strange song. It was very strange that it became a hit, but... Um, the, the amazing thing about this to me is that there's a lot of stuff in the song. It's scary and unsettling, but the plot of the song doesn't make much sense, right? So mm -hmm. if he, he says, I wish I could have met you, I could have saved some face. Well, you're, you, he didn't kill himself. The lead singer, who's, what face is he saving, mm -hmm. right? If, if I wish I could have met you, maybe I could have talked you out of it, but that's unlikely because it's a really young person writing a song about a really old person who really knew what they were doing and probably wasn't going to be stopped, right? So, right. so that doesn't make any sense. There's a lot of time jumps in the song where the what's happening plot-wise don't make sense. And it's because he was really young when he wrote it, right? But he said something really cool about the riff when he said, I wrote the song, the riff came to me, and I was like... Who's, he, who's the... Uh, so, his, so his name's Richard Patrick. He, he quit um, Nine Inch Nails 
to start Filter. He was right. a, he was a guitarist for Nine Inch Nails, right? Gotcha. Um, he's written amazing songs, but this is the one he's known for. He said this paid for fifteen years of my life, like my, <laughs> my mortgage, my everything, like whatever. He's super grateful to the song, right? But he also said when the riff came to me, he was like, I couldn't believe it didn't exist before. And then he goes, when I got on the stage, I realized I could you could play this riff forever. He's like, I feel like when I get on stage. I could just play this riff forever and it would just be interesting the whole time and the, the audience would like... And you watch cool. him and he's playing the song at, when they're playing live and the crowds get hypnotized, right? right? It's a very... So it's scary. It takes you by surprise. It's unsettling, but the plot doesn't make a lot of sense. A lot of time jumps in the lyrics and that's all going to come to bear as we proceed. So, But let's get to the meat of what we're here for because you have been drawing me into Shudder more and more and more. I've, right. I, well... I'm sitting there. Well, first off, mm-hmm. real quick, if I had to pair that song with something. Yes. There's a song I heard called Congratulations, You Survived Your Suicide. Whoa. And it is. Who does that? I couldn't tell you. I'll but Google it. Why are you talking? Um, apparently, it was some guy. The song was supposed to come out, but it didn't. And then people were like, when's this song going to come out? And eventually came out. But it's just a guy singing and a guitar. And he's kind of strumming it kind of harsh. Because it's just dun, 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 dun. And then the song's go, congratulations, you survived your suicide. Your head still bippity bops from side to side. Wow. Oh, I just found it. Who is this? So this is Sycamore Smith. That's a that's an ominous name. That it's a. I would pair that with that song. I think it'd be. Yeah, for sure. Well, I you have you've been playing a lot of guitar, so I am going to see if you will play. I don't know. See if you can do the. I don't know because it's a lot of bass, but be interesting to check out. Okay, so so you have been drawing me in more and more into Shutter. Creep Show was like a false start. Like we'll call it a SpaceX blow up in the launchpad situation. Exactly. And then Joe Bob. Now I have been I I have been so impressed and blown away. But you, I've been talking for a while, so you set us up. Tell us what Joe Bob's been doing it up to because I'm so excited to get to like he's he's hitting home runs left and right. First mm. off. If it weren't for Joe Bob, Shutter wouldn't have a whole lot. If I'm, in my opinion, right, right, right. In my opinion, well, Shutter's Shutter has some amazing stuff, but their um, their inventory rotates. So there are times where you log on, and you're like, wow, I can't find anything here. My favorite thing about Shutter's is the three live channels, the Slashix. You do love the lives. I I don't know. There's something about it. Like, That's just, cool. Though. Just catching it on life. But anyways, because I, I can't get you watch live TV for any, live TV for anything. Like, we literally will pass out BattleBots just before we can watch it an hour later, not live. Without commercials. <laughs> but the fact that you're watching live Shudder is it's pretty so Well, also, Shudder does not have commercials. That's true. So that is... Good on you, That's a big plus. No, I was about like... Uh, okay, so I've been slowly getting over my FOMO, my fear of missing out. Yes. Like, I used to have, like, the worst FOMO. Like, if people were like, we went out and got ice cream and That's went to the true. store and bought some, you know... Nice candles or something. I'm like, whoa, what? I was like, really, what the hell? Out there. Uh, so I used to only want to watch Joe Bob live, or else I was like, what's the point? You feel, right. I feel like I was missing out on the group element of it. Yep. Um, but I was just looking at all the video or the the movies he was doing this year, and I was like, you know, we watched House by the Cemetery, and I remember loving that movie that I got from like a dollar bin mm-hmm. in like 2010. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was like, well, it'd be fun to watch it like. Which probably looked much worse than what we watched. Probably. Right. In <laughs> fact, I, it might have been one of those $1 films, but then like, I feel like Walmart always had those like 
five dollar collections that had like 40 movies in it (laughs) you know what i mean totally (laughs) like all the free movies as many movies as they could fit onto a dvd totally it was like all of the amityville franchise besides the first one and this and that yeah yeah so i was like okay well it'd be really cool to watch joe bob's insight on this one because he usually does really Mm -hmm. cool knowledge and trivia about the movie and does a really good job at selling it to you and then bride of reanimator came on i was like oh i think i'd really like to um (laughs) i'd like to check that one out so i you know Turns out Joe Bob's great whenever the hell you watch him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just he's great uh, when he's great. He's great, right? great all the time. And so I'm glad I'm glad we started watching more of him because I wanted to get into. I, can I just point out the irony of how you set this up? Because you're like no one can sell you a movie like Joe Bob. Joe Bob hated House by the Cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> he, he hated it. He hated it all the way through. And everyone was trying to sell it to him. Darcy, Eli Roth, everyone was trying to, No one could sell it. Oh, God, don't okay. get us started on but, Eli Roth. <laughs> well, I mean, we, this Dude, is, we're here to talk. When, so when, when it's, when, if I lived in Ohio and I saw to worry about the leaves, instead of a leaf blower, I would just say, hey, talk about Italian horror films and just hold Eli Roth by his pants and watch him blow all the leaves out because it's just hot air <laughs> coming Well, out. wait. We got to be fair about it. So I don't know if you want to talk about this now or there because we're setting it up, but we'll get to everything. Okay, okay we'll get okay, to so, the era. Yeah. He did say some cool shit, though. I don't he, want to drag him the whole way. Well, no, I, I went after he with more than you. I'm not going to hide. But I to be fair, he knows a lot about Italian horror. Sure does. Some of that air isn't hot, but we'll, we'll get to it. Okay. okay. But yeah, so House by the Cemetery, which Joe Bob loathed. <laughs> and but, we loved. But, but we loved and everyone around him loved. And we're like, good. And then Bride Reanimator, which yeah. I think, like, holy. When he said when he says an underrated classic, he is right. I would. Which, by the way, can we I just say neither of us had seen, which is shocking. Right. Because I've seen not. I mean, we, there's a lot of horror people who have seen more horror movies than I have. But like, it's. Sure. It was weird to me because I I make a thing I it's a thing with me of hunting down the sequels to f- movies that I think were great just in the in the hopes like Fly Two Pet Cemetery Two Exorcist Three the Fly I, Two know, is and the fact that I love Reanimator and never saw Bride of Reanimator is stunning especially you know, Bride of Frankenstein might be my favorite horror movie. I wonder if it's because they made like a handful of them, and when they start to get that handful, you're like, "Oh wow, muddy, muddy waters up ahead." I, you know, it it honestly was that I hate to for in my case, and I hate to say it because it was a mistake. It is I was just very team Stuart Gordon. I was very disappointed he wasn't there. So it, it yeah, was le- it was just why I stopped watching Twin Peaks in real time. I didn't watch much of Twin Peaks season two. David Lynch basically left. Uh, I was like, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> right. And then I watched when he came back, which was the end. Right. So I did the same thing with Reanimator. I left and I was waiting for Stuart Gordon back to come back and he didn't come back, but it was a mistake because as you look good. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I just love Joe, but when Joe Bob has like something he's trying to say, like I love when he was talking about people, when they fuck up, you give them another chance and what happens if they mess up again? Well, guess what? You give them another chance. <laughs> I love that. I loved in season one when they ended it, they gave a shout out to the whole crew. Cause I remember being a PA thing. I'm like, Oh, when I'm a director, I'm going to give a shout out to all the crew. You know, Hasn't happened yet, right? But Joe Bob did it, and <laughs> but no it, one ever does. But it. Joe Bob did it, and it was it. It gave me the feels that like I was hoping for. Like I was like, oh wow, these people fucking love. And I hate when here's the thing. I, I you know I hate when people will like say like we're family. You know what I mean? Right. And, but but they they do. They right. look like they look like a great little. They do. If anyone has earned saying that, it's that. Yeah, I don't know. The family thing fucking weirds me yeah. out. But um, <laughs> that's another fair, fair enough. That's another tire. Fair uh, um, but anyways, uh, one one of the things that um. He was really fighting for, not really fighting for, but he did. He did throw throw mm-hmm. some punches 
was the uh, digital versus special effects thing, which I like. You know, I'm. Not, I can't believe he said it. I'm, dude. I mean, that is really. It's 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 like. It's literally the level of walking into, I don't know, like a MAGA rally right now and saying that Trump lost the election. Like it just when it came out of his mouth, I'm like, wow, he just went hard because you know it's not a, he it's, took, he planted a flag for CGI and thank fuck for that, dude. Because right. like you know this isn't like an '80s horror film; it was '91, right? Which also, which is weird because that was the year I was born, and I, when they were at the hospital, I was like looking around all the technology, and I was like, was I born during this? <laughs> This is during, how, how did I make it? Yeah, they had pencils. <laughs> how did they in paper? How did I? That's amazing. How did I survive? <laughs> they had pencils and paper. <laughs> I probably got lead poisoning. Yeah. So that was that was. Um, but like, so like we're not like like we're very very active on our main page and we have our Hollow Weekly group, which is still on a roll right page, to yep. go there. But I don't really pop in there that much. Right. Very very often anymore. But one of the things I would try to fight for whenever I saw it was every now and then you just get this person who has their ha- hair up their ass mm-hmm. who wants to talk about how much better special effects are than, than yeah, VFX. Let me tell and you, it, it's not just there. It's, it's everywhere. I mean, it's so if I invented stupid. a social media platform a week from now, there'd be horror fans on it saying CGI sucks. Like, like that, like, here's the thing. Like, well, what did Joe Bob say? Joe Bob. Okay, Joe Bob had the the right answer. First of all, <laughs> okay, is okay. right because it's not black or white. It's not special effects are better or VFX are better. They are tools. They are tools for creative people to use to get whatever the hell they need out of it. They right. you just you use your tools to maximum capacity. You're gonna get a maximum capacity film. Right. And and what did he say about the end of Bride of Reanimator? They could have used some VFX. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because because the, the ending wasn't the way the director wanted it. The practical effects didn't work out. They didn't have time to fix it. So it's a truncated ending. Yeah, and it was supposed to be a bunch of corpse, a bunch of stuff that um, it's uh, supposed to be like Cabin of the Woods elevator scene. Yeah, tons of monsters that Herbert. But West instead, has it's created. like four monsters. <laughs> yeah, it's like four people and <laughs> right because they didn't, they, they couldn't get it. They spill the reagent, which is an amazing scene, an amazing thought. And when I saw it happen, I was like, "Oh shit, we're fucked, bam!" Right, and then nothing really happens because. They didn't have CGI. So <laughs> Joe Bob's like, cool. sometimes you need it. Sometimes you, you don't. Like, right. I'm just I'm just glad someone like him said it because there's the there's the there's this group of nothing but eighties horror, diehard horror fans who, God love, if that's what you love, that's great. But it's usually though that crowd mm-hmm. who comes out and shits on, on VFX. Right. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know how many VFX are in movies that you don't even see? Like, because they blend in. Like, there was an old video. I mean, this video is old now, and VFX have gotten better, where it was like, you know, Martin Scorsese using VFX that you didn't even notice. And it was like putting sure. houses in the background to help, you know, sell. It was like Wolf of Wall Street or something, right. or something like that. And it just, it just always blew my mind that, like... Well, it seems obvious that the right argument is the people that are... There, if you're... Where your true talent lies... Mozart shouldn't have been a skateboarder. He should have been a classical music composer. Right. If there are geniuses of CGI, then they should be doing CGI. And they should be doing it in great movies but here's- and TV shows, right? Like, if they have a talent. And if there's genius practical effects people, they should be doing that too. But you shouldn't be making someone who's got a gift for something not do it. <laughs> or like, right. right? That's the right answer. It's just, it, it, wherever it's the best tool, use it. Here's okay. Here's here, here's where I, it, why it kind of bugged me. Because mm-hmm. I always imagined like me and my friends who loved horror movies mm-hmm. 
it's usually of, of a very creative crowd of people who have mm-hmm. you know artsy uh, activities whether it's whether it's playing guitar or 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 you know uh, whatever any kind of art right drawing holding a seance holding a seance sacrificing people yeah shit like that <laughs> right. and, so, and so I just always imagine <laughs> that like the creative horror fan would be able to see how it's a tool to see how like maybe it's not the answer all the time and if people rely on it 100 percent and so, they rush yeah. it it's gonna be bad and so when I see that they're not <laughs> the creative type to see the well, use let me, of it. Let me argue with the opposite direction. So okay. the opposite direction is I think I think horror fans are more loyal pound for pound. They're they're more um I would uh, agree with that. Emotional. So when you're watching something and it's ruined by a bad VFX, that's what you remember. And and you gotta work to not fall for that. That's a pretty, like, a common life problem, not just But a lot argument, of those people right? will look at the, the great I VFX know, and I, the terrible script, I, <laughs> and then that's fine? Yeah, that's fine, <laughs> or the terrible acting, or the cheap, right. right. I, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I, I just think that it's a more of an emotional mistake than a, than a creativity lapse, right? But regardless of what's causing it, I think it's also interesting that Joe Bob did it, and I think it's interesting where it happened. I find this really fascinating because he and he may have planted this flag elsewhere. I right. haven't seen every Joe Bob. I I loved. I watched Monster Vision all the time. I've been with him from the start, but I haven't been able to watch all the Shutter stuff. I haven't seen a lot of the holiday things yet. Right. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he said this before, but the fact that he just came out and said it during Bride of Reanimator, which is an amazing practical effects yeah, movie. There's four teams, right? An amazing yeah. practical effects movie. There were scenes in there where we were looking at each other. We were like, "This is as good." As like Frankenstein's lab or any mm-hmm. like top tier horror experience. Yeah. There are close up shots of and then apparently Jeffrey Combs had this relative who came in and like vetted the chemistry and made it more accurate. By the way, we'll get to this, but Jeffrey Combs is a fucking genius, an incredible human being in an interview. You could just tell, like, what what a blessing to have him in the genre. But, right. but so the fact that there's a whole bunch of the 80s practical effects people you're talking about were watching this Joe Bob and they were being like, they don't make him like this anymore. They don't make him like this anymore. Cut to Joe Bob. And he's like, CGI is great. And they were like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I just love where it went down. <laughs> no, it, it, it couldn't have been in a better place. And here's the thing. I, I you know, I Joe Bob has, you know, he, he he's a force in mm-hmm. the horror field, rightfully so. Like Indeed. he's he's very very smart. He's very Almost very last entertaining. Man standing. <laughs> yeah, kinda. <laughs> right, kinda. I mean, I haven't tuned in to Sven Gulli. <laughs> well, Sven Gulli's still going, but I mean, whether it's you know, you're look, there's a lot. He of did people share one of our posts. Who left day. us? Oh goddamn! That's the only reason why I could name <laughs> oh, Sven Gulli. I mean, because I, <laughs> I, you know, I just don't watch the other stuff. Joe Bob's. Right. Like, I know what I'm getting. Um, I just I I don't know. I hope with someone like Joe Bob, he can like. You know, show them like, hey, it's not so bad. All the CGI. It's gonna help. I hope it. I hope it helps. Yeah. But it's just, it's just, there's just, it's, it's just one of those annoying things in the horror community where it's like, well, I guess film community in general because a lot of people say that too. They always go, oh yeah, they just use those cheap VFX. I'm like, those VFX aren't that cheap. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pay people to to do it. Right, and that's they had a he had a really. By the way, Joe Bob also props for being an incredible interviewer, underrated. At, at how good he is at it when he's on sometimes he's i swear to god i think he's drinking during these shows because there's just sometimes where he's not connecting what was being said to what the next things that are being said are <laughs> right but, but but i mean that's his thing but but uh they were talking to, he was talking to jeffrey combs and he asked him and and he was 
he was talking about that element of movie making where it's a lot of hurry up away, a lot of mm-hmm. like the practical effects people they want it to look great. They they get they're prepping it to look right. And he's like, We're just in the trailer, hours going by in makeup, you know, where they're right. like, Oh, the effects are almost ready. And you think about how hard they work to make that shit look good and, and you know, come out into things that make us, you know, happy and that are memorable for us. And God damn it, when they do it great, that's great. And then when CJ is great too. I mean, come on now. Yeah. No, I've I've been I've been digging this season of the I of have the last, too. of the last drive can we specifically now all right so Joe Bob um uh or whatever whoever's listening like whatever walk away for a second appreciate that okay can we talk about house by the cemetery Eli Ross situation real quick because the house by the cemetery thing I I loved I absolutely loved I, I loved the presentation I thought Joe Bob did an incredible job when he was talking about you know the what what the pluses of it or the context of where where that movie comes from, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, the, that movie still has authentic scares in it. It's still like whatever. But so first of all, as a callback to the start of the episode, right? It's unsettling. It creeps up on you. It has time jumps. Doesn't make a lot of sense, right? So that's why I say, hey, Fulci, nice movie. <laughs> hey, Good Fulci. movie, man. Hey, Fulci, nice, <laughs> nice right? film. Right, <laughs> nice film. Because it, it reminds me of Hey Man, Nice Shot. It's it's quieter. It's got like this really dark emotional undertone <laughs> where these people are going through horrible things. Like, And there is like straight up emotions are being addressed because some of these people are psychologists or academic. I could, <clears throat> I could actually um, review this movie like Eli Roth. <laughs> if you want to see what that sounds right, like. This, guys, this, this whole episode's about to go south really fast. Okay. All right. Here's 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 right. here's Eli Roth's oh, review. Oh, so the great thing about <laughs> Lucio Fulci is that his films, because they're Italian and they were inspired by the Americans, they feel otherworldly. <laughs> and what's great about that is is when the actors had to redub it, it felt so weird, weird making it feel out <laughs> otherworldly. <laughs> and what's great about it is they were supposed to film it in New Jersey, but they filmed it over in fuck England, and it made it feel otherworldly. It was great about it is, is that the film was otherworldly, but we were in our own world, and that's Italian cinema. <laughs> So it's his butt fucking otherworldly. <laughs> so here's the thing. The the weird thing about I, I first of all, I don't know what was happening in this episode. I, I would never change a thing. I loved every second of it. So I'm not complaining. But Joe Bob, who has forgiven plot holes that I could drive Neptune through, right. could not get over the the non sequiturs that were happening in House by the Timmery. But why is they here? Why is this babysitter doing What's this? What's he do like, for a living? What the, right. Like it was it was a little strange how stuck he was on it. I think that he's reflexively rebellious. I think he thinks the Italian side of horror is like the nice side of town side of horror. And he's coming for it. He's gonna right. mess it up, right? So he 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 just uh for some reason couldn't go over that. But Eli Roth and let me be clear with Eli Roth. Yes. I do remember reading in the Springfield News Sun mm-hmm. when I was in high school that mm-hmm. the movie Hostel, mm-hmm. or was it Cabin in the Woods, was, was coming out soon. And yeah. I like both of them. I do, See, I do I, like I, those I, two I, movies I, from Eli Roth. Totally. Everything else... No, I was just defending his remake of Death Wish. So I, it's not like... Okay, yeah. I'm not going after Eli Roth personally. I'm, in the context of this show, 
he was brought in to defend Lucio Fulci, right? Right. And the defense specifically, this is like watching a courtroom drama. This was like watching, you know, Inherit the Wind or something. Like, <laughs> right? Like, this was, this was, Joe Bob was like, this movie is, makes no sense and is overrated. I don't know why Darcy likes it. I don't know why you Italian horror fans rave about it. I don't know, whatever. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. I get that there's great images in it, but this movie fucking doesn't make sense. And it pissed, like, you could just tell. He was, he was like, I need someone. And he literally said, I brought Eli Roth on specifically to tell me, explain this movie to me, right? And then Eli Roth came on, and every time Joe Bob asked him a question about the movie, he either gave him a fact about the movie that did nothing to help Joe Bob understand the movie, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, Joe Bob would be like, well, why did the, you know, why did the, you know, why is the professor studying, driving two hours to go study or whatever? And and Eli Roth was like, Italian cars are zippy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> right, like, right so like he, he was giving him a fact about like the speed of italian cars but it did nothing to solve the, his problem right. he was so unsatisfied you could see it on joe bob's face he was getting angry and more he unsatisfied. Story even though he loves eli roth and he genuinely respects him and you can tell but it, it, it and that it was even like a magic trick it, it was like weird because Joe Bob was waiting for Eli Roth to take this boulder off his chest, this the, explain the plot, why this masterpiece actually does make sense. Right. Like that one uh, like a great like YouTube video where you you don't know what the hell David Lynch's Lost Highway means and 8 minutes later you do, <laughs> right? That's what he wanted. That's the experience he wanted. And then Eli Roth is coming in and he'd be like Quentin Tarantino, he has this hilarious accent when he talks and he holds séances and he talks to dead Italian directors. And Joe Bob would be like, "Right, but why is this ghost <laughs> like doing this?" Thing? He, would ask, he would ask him like a story question. He'd be mm-hmm. like, "You know, you'd really have to ask the writers." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the right? And that's what I'm saying is, as a courtroom drama, right? It was the most disappointing because the lawyer just was arguing a whole different case, right? At the end, he was like, "And that's why you can't find Lucio Fulci guilty of manslaughter." I closed my case. And Joe Bob's like, well, he was up for littering. (laughs) Great arguments. (laughs) What's happening? You guys are talking right past each other. So it was a very strange, you know, why it went that way. Eli Roth obviously has great affection for Fulci and and knows his family and, and advances horror in that way. So that's great. Yeah. But holy shit, like, I was so angry <laughs> watching him, like, not fight for this movie any harder than falling into, like, the bantery, jokey, you, you know, know what would be a great segment. What's that? So the viewers don't know this. Whenever, like, George and I watch the movie, if something happens and we need to watch, we need to talk about it. George says, hold on, pause it for a second. I need to start recording those so I can just drop them into the episode. And then it's called this week's hold on, pause it for a second. And then that's the yeah, fucking that second. Would, I can say it because, totally. because the pause that you did to... to mm-hmm. I actually think it would be a fun um, 
I keep. I always you do it too because you, I mean I'm like that. It's it. You once you once I pointed it out, you could see he was doing it every time. I watched you get mad. Exactly, exactly. But um, there's always this podcast that I always want to try, listen to, and I almost thought about it yesterday. I was like, I should ask George what it was called. It's the one where they pull, they ask the audience a question, they pull on. Oh, Intelligence Squared. I love that idea, and I almost feel like you and Eli Roth need your own episode of <laughs> Intelligence Squared. I think it'd be fair because that's that was what the hold on pause for a second yeah. was. It was. It was almost like your right. argument. And the other thing was, it was so obvious what the, the not the right, that's the wrong way to put it, but it was so obvious what the lawyer should be doing, right? Because right. the lawyer should be doing the, it's the haunting of Hill House. I mean, the house itself is causing some of the things that you think are plot holes just by sinister manipulation. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's a plot hole in The Shining that the Overlook Hotel's freezer door opens. Right. It's a plot hole. It's weird that they didn't bring up The Shining at all when they were talking about right? it. Because there was a lot of Shining. This The House by the Cemetery definitely had Shining. Like, I, I don't even know. It could have been filmed before. It could be impossible. These movies couldn't even know about each other. I don't know. They're very close in time. Right. So it's possible that it's, but it's just coincidence. But it's insane how... You had, at, at, <laughs> except for the Jack Torrance of House by the Cemetery has literally three emotions. Yeah, and this was nineteen. <laughs> this was nineteen eighty one, and the Shining was nineteen eighty. So right, but that's what I mean. So, is it, who knows? Yeah, I, you know, he, who knows? He could have filmed House by the Cemetery in nineteen seventy nine. I feel right? like they made those movies in like a week. <laughs> just, you know what I mean? They always feel like could be a year and a day after the Shining. He just made it a week. It just was like I need one week. And <laughs> it, a had, it felt seller. like a lot of Shining was was in there for sure. Yeah. But the the answer to a lot of of the objections about why because there were crazy things happening. The, the one argument that Joe Bob made that I couldn't figure out how to refute because I was on on the other side of it. So it'd be a hypocrite for me to not whatever is that the creepy babysitter was doing creepy babysitter things. She was definitely doing the nanny from the Omen vibe all the way through the movie until she gets attacked by the house and its Mm -hmm. demons. And then somehow she had no idea any of this shit was happening, even though she spent the whole movie skulking around, staring at people ominously, and cleaning up blood patterns that looked like an entire pack of elephant seals had been killed. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like, like it was it looked pretty bad. It was, like, but then all of a sudden she wasn't in on it the whole time, so then she was just a weirdo. That is a little off. That felt a little, you know, uh, convenient. Well, that's actually because the Italians were influenced <laughs> by the Americans. And she, the she Americans, was, she was otherworldly. And the Americans were influenced <laughs> by the Italians, so you had this Chris Cross. You're trying to provoke me. So, so I don't know if you do that, George. They were very, uh, very influential. Yeah, that was uh, that was but, that was bad. But I, but now I'm like, I'm always looking forward to new Joe Bob. Like even like totally. when I like didn't catch up with them the first couple weeks they aired. Totally. Um, I'm always interested like on Friday night to see like what's trending and like oh, that, that, that's why I saw Brighter Reanimator. I saw them all talking about and yeah. how you know they had all these talented people working on the, the special effects and I was like oh shit I think we need to check this and one. And you love monster movies and monster effects so it was a natural you know whatever and we, we gotta talk about that because that movie was amazing we'll get to that in one second but just for to finish with Eli Roth though the weird thing is I liked why I I saw um, uh, the Beyond, which is my favorite Fulci. I I saw it just randomly, you know. I forget where I came across a long time ago, 
Um, and even though I like that movie better than House by the Cemetery, although I, I now like House by the Cemetery better than Zombie too. Um, Same, it, it, I agree. The weird thing is that I I like that it was in the Eli Roth context because as much as it was aggravating me, his enthusiasm was part of the experience. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole thing felt like it was fun to watch the movie, but it was also fun to dip out of it and take a break. And then be in that scenario. There's something about the way they present it that makes those movies more fun to watch. I highly recommend if there's a movie that you were putting off that, you know, like I always wanted to watch it. Everyone fucking always talks about goddamn, you know, the mother of tears and I've never seen it. If you find a Jova presentation of it, that's the way to watch it. (laughs) Yeah. Because you're with friends. He's smart. Like, I mean, it's just a great way for it to go down. I was when I saw the they were talking about like criminally underrated. Mm-hmm. The first film was criminally underrated sequel. And the other one was just criminally underrated. I thought they were doing criminally underrated sequel night, right. and I was like, man, could you imagine if they did Reanimator two and The Fly two? Yeah, because The Fly two is actually pretty. The Fly two is pretty damn good. Pretty good. That was Pet Cemetery two. Cemetery two is pretty damn interesting. There's a lot of people who think I'm crazy when I say this, but I like Amityville too as much as one. Yeah, you were saying that which I... is right now. So because I went, so there's there's some you know there's some sequels. Exorcist two, no, but like so there's Exorcist a lot of times. Exorcist two, no, that's a hard. That's a <laughs> that is a hard. But like Hellraiser two is is you know interesting in its own right. Although ultimately I like Hellraiser 1 better, but you get you find some strange gems in that. Hellraiser position. 2 was what made me even start to appreciate the Hellraiser franchises. It yeah. was always like I always put like I used to put Hellraiser and Child's Play at sort of my bottom franchise. Totally. You know, love for it just, yep. it just wasn't my my thing. Yep. yep. But Hellraiser 2 is the only film from Joe Bob's that I actually went and listened to the soundtrack for later that night because the Hellraiser 2 soundtrack is amazing. That's right. That's right. And that scene when that, that like the doctor, six yeah, minute scene. Funny, yeah, you love that. God, we all took a <laughs> breath. That was actually a really good cutaway when they went to Joe Bob after that scene. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like, well, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's exactly my point. So Joe Bob's changed your lives. I love it. No, he's um, so Bride Reanimator was amazing. Amazing visuals. Um, I I don't agree with Joe Bob. He tried to defend the Batwing's head. I can't do it. But m- almost everything else in there, including the that performance w- minus the Batwings, uh, is yeah. is spectacular. But Jeffrey Combs, I mean, that just won me over completely because I, I've you could just tell that you were dealing with one of those decent but mega talented. People who are wired in just like a totally unique way, like mm-hmm. a Vincent D'Onofrio, or a, you know, I mean, it's 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 remarkable, right? Or Isabel Johnny, or whatever. Like it's it, you could feel that he's just special. And and Joe Bob was joking around, but he's right. I mean, he owned that role. So right. He like there was the scenes when the the detective shows up mm-hmm. and he's talking to him and the other scientist, <laughs> and they are. You know, it's bad. Wolf. Yeah, (laughs) they're trying. It's bad. But I really, I loved listening to Jeffrey Combs talk about the acting, like Mm -hmm. because there was that scene when the um, the detective was in their house, Mm -hmm. he still wasn't backing down, like he was still like trying to be like the alpha dog. And there, and then Jeffrey Combs was like, "Yeah, he doesn't think anything he's doing is wrong. He's just like (laughs) he doesn't he doesn't understand how people. No, there's that scene is actually amazing. That's an amazing performance." 
moment uh, for that character because that we have seen that scene a million times in movies. It's this. Mm-hmm. It's we've seen it in Idle Hands. We've seen it in everything. Right. It's the scene where there's something loose in the house. The people know the people who are doing the bad things know about it, and the people who are in the house who are either police or detectives or neighbors or whoever mm. visits or whatever, they don't know. And it's, so it's running around behind them and you think it's going to jump on their shoulder or it's going to drop from the ceiling on them, whatever mm. it's, it's when are they going to become aware? And then the people who are watching it, who know about it are like biting their fingernails. Like, Oh God. Wait, you know. And Jeffrey goes gives zero fucks about any of that. <laughs> Just like, like his character, Herbert West is like talking to the detective, holding a debate and still scoring points in the debate when a, four-fingered eyeball spider creature is creeping up on the detective. His Jeffrey Combs Dan is is freaking out inside and and Jeffrey Combs is like, "No, this is wrong." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm going to win this argument." It was The set the, the if you look at it like a, you know, like I don't know, I don't know if it's like a football play, but I'm not a coach. I've only played right. a little bit of Madden. But like the the idea of it of you know, you have you have your scene. You have a character who knows and doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You have your character that knows and cares, mm-hmm. and you have your character who doesn't know at all. Like yep. just that that triangle totally. dynamic is just always it's always going to work. But it's never a triangle when they film it. Like when they film it now, if Adam Sandler was making that, well, that's not fair anymore. But if 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 the average person is making that movie, there's two people. Or three people, or a side that knows and cares, and there's a side or a person who doesn't know. That's it. It's never a triangle. It's a, it's a biangle, <laughs> right? It's a fucking line. So the fact that it's more complicated is the point. The movie is just better. It's trying harder. It's from more interesting material. It's stealing a lot of stuff, but it's doing it in a very interesting way. Where you can forgive it. Well, you know what's funny? You, you were sitting, like when we were watching it, you were like, "I'm glad this was made in the time before they'd be like, hi, sir, I'm Officer Romero, and this is my buddy West Carpenter.' West Carpenter, <laughs> right? And you're like, oh, geez, because you know back then they were, you know, they were in their fucking prime <laughs> doing their thing, but like they were taking a lot from like uh, from other movies and Bride of Frankenstein, definitely. And, but but they were doing it in a way that didn't feel like. You know the, the the other way where they're doing the Officer Cravens and so like that. They were doing their totally. their love for these other films while still doing their own thing, and right? it just plays like a hybrid, so which better, is what yeah. the whole plot is, right? Yeah. Sticking things that don't belong together together. And I, I'll tell you this, and this was a very strange experience for me. So I'm a grown ass. I'm old now. So I walk He's 107. home. One hundred and seven. I'm one hundred and seven. I walk home. It's dark. Of all things, you wouldn't expect to be bride free animator, which has mm-hmm. a reputation for the people even who defend it, right? They right. would defend it as fun and gonzo and brilliant or, you know, whatever. But scary probably wouldn't be the be the thing. But there's something about that movie that really, really got under my skin. And I was thinking about it was getting home. I was getting unsettled. Like, is this really happening from this, like, basically comic movie, right? Mm-hmm. But... It's it's not because when you're walking by a bunch of houses and people are just a bunch of strangers and they're just going about their day or whatever, and you just watched a movie where there's a character that tore its heart out and offered it over, it was kind of haunting, right? You mm-hmm. wonder like how many I was walking to past the houses wondering like how many people in there are like metaphorically tearing their hearts out trying to prove something to 
a, a spouse or a friend or a boss or like whatever it like whatever and they tear out everything they have that's valuable and hand it over and then it doesn't work <laughs> right so that was us unsettling just from the start right and then you know when you have that kind of captain ahab monomaniacal focus of the herbert west character <laughs> and you realize that he's a liar. Like, he's such a liar. Mm. That's the thing that really got to me that I never noticed before, and I wonder if it's in the Lovecraft material. It's been so long since I've read it, so I got to go back and look for it. But there's two Herbert Wests, all right? So let me break this down real quick. One is, it's alive. Like, we have creation in our hands. We can, we, it, life is clay. You mold it, right? And then there's this accusation that Dan drops in the middle of the movie, just in a very strange line where he says, you're just doing this morbid doodling, <laughs> just sticking things together like because you're perverse or whatever. Right? Right. And, and he's like appalled. Herbert West is appalled. He's like, no, he's like, no, it's grand. It's like, I'm, you know, we're, we're, and then he's selling this to him where I'm using your, lover's hearts and where it is he lays it in the one of the most beautiful shots of a horror movie right like in the middle of the table we'll start here and we'll build around it and he's got all these grand ideas or whatever but every time you see herbert west alone he's just morbid doodling he's just (laughs) fucking sticking to to other shit and with this creepy smile on his face when no one's watching and then when the reagent spills at the end and the things come out i know it wasn't as spectacular as they wanted but you got the vibe of what they were going for Mm -hmm. and then you realized there were all there's things you hadn't seen yet which means there are there were hours and hours of Herbert West that we weren't seeing just like like a toe stick it in an ear (laughs) (laughs) to this make it walk like whatever it's like human centipede but times you know 50 but it was all implied right Mm -hmm. and Herbert West is meanwhile dragging his his friend through these adventures on the promise that it's grand like we're scientists we're making a difference right but I mean it's kind of nasty. He, he, it turns out he's just a morbid doodler. It really stuck with me, like that the accusation from the dumbest character in the movie was correct, <laughs> right? Like, and the smartest character in the movie would explain it another way, and he's wrong. <laughs> like the dumbest character, smarter than the smartest character, and it just weirded me out walking home. I'm like, this movie is creepier than it seems because when you start to think about it, you're like. There's a lot that's just off here, which I guess is fitting for Lovecraft, right? Because that's his architecture's off, his like dialect, the language, all of that, right? So I mean, it makes sense, but I didn't expect it from this movie. So the good on you know the Yuzna and the whole crew, and especially different films like to unsettle a jaded horror fan at this point with a comic sequel is <laughs> just mind-boggling. Yeah, no, I definitely want to rewatch. The first one they did the first one, I think season one they did the reanimator. So I, but yeah, they said he said it was one of the most popular episodes. Yeah, so I think I want to check it out. And then being Joe Bob, waited five years to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the another reanimator because he's so stubborn. <laughs> well, I think that was the wasn't that the difference between the first one or it when the first one went like eighty five or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe yep. six years old. Okay, wasn't that one? Joe didn't do that long. There was one scene though that. Um, when Herbert was trying to tell, trying to tell Dan that like he was doing the right thing for Dan and mm-hmm. like how this is gonna help him out and all this other stuff, and it had me question like, 
he was selling on me, selling me that he was his friend mm-hmm. and that he cared. But then I was like, I don't trust this motherfucker. Yeah, and he dragged him out of the war, literally. Yeah. So maybe I am being too hard on Herbert West, but I don't think so. I think that guy... I think Herbert saved him for a very <laughs> selfish reason. <laughs> I think he needs a liaison to humanity, right? There's a... This is... Okay, everyone just tune out and go back 20, 20 seconds from now. But it's fitting, actually, because it's Shakespeare and Jeffrey Combs turns out to love Shakespeare and have done some amazing Shakespeare himself, so good for it. But you know, in Hamlet... It's pretty famous that he he becomes a ghost. He drifts away. He becomes super dark. He just ever anyone that's near Hamlet dies. Just basically in Act One, he's a really charming talker, and by Act Five, he's just toxic. Anyone near him is screwed. So so as his poison spreads and he's walking around wearing all black and talking about you know to be or not to be like existential dread and whatever. Right. He's got a friend. His friend's Horatio. And Horatio doesn't see any of this. He thinks Hamlet's great the whole time. <laughs> he doesn't notice that he's changing into a fucking monster in front of his eyes. But he's... They, they, they were like... It's weird that Horatio doesn't notice. And a lot of the people who explain Hamlet explain that part as he's the bridge to the audience. If we mm-hmm. didn't have him, Hamlet would be too weird, too far away. We wouldn't be able to, to empathize him. But when we see him through his friend's eyes... We still, you know, care, right? So, like, that was... I feel like Herbert West knew he needed a bridge to humanity. Mm. And that's what this guy is, right? This guy brings him victims. He's an opportunity for more body parts. He's He answers the door when the police come, right? He's And he does the heavy lifting. He's, you know, he's physically larger, right? So, I, he's his Igor, basically. And he wasn't going to give up his Igor. I don't think they're friends. Yeah. See, that's where I, that's <laughs> Which where is I was crazy in, because they're f- super friends in real life. Like in a weird way, like not, I mean, I don't mean in a bad way. I just mean it's so rare that in Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, genuine, uh, you know, friendships and affection last over three decades or four decades of a career. But they were, you know, great friends on the movie, and now they're great for the. He, he literally, Jeffrey Combs during the Joe Bob thing was like, "I talked to him three days ago." Yeah, they're like, "It was really cool." Our story's not over. We'd like to tell one more. Yeah. By the way, get on that. Yeah, absolutely. I think they, they should. should. They should. They should do that, and they should make at the mountains of madness. They should. All this stuff should happen. Isn't that been trying to happen, been going on for a while? I think that's over. Yeah. <laughs> and every time they're always <laughs> like, "Guillermo del Toro's gonna do it," and they're like, "Someone else is gonna do it." And it's never going to happen. I don't think that one's over. So bo- both great movies. Joe Bob definitely is A-plus in it over there. Yeah. And I'm always so bad at emailing his assistant when he's open for interviews. Like, I have <laughs> missed this <laughs> mark so many times. Like, I, I, I would still love to have him or Darcy on the show. Honestly, I think it would be great. But, like... But now it's, no, like, Lucy they, and the, the football at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, it is. Because true. here's the thing. Isis knows, but we emailed Joe Bob before the Shutter thing happened. Mm-hmm. I was like, it'd be really cool to have him on the show. Then, thank God the Shutter thing happened because then he like he blew up mm-hmm. and like rightfully so. Totally. And uh, I've been trying to get a get an interview with him for so long. And his his assistant's very nice, but they're like, <laughs> he's doing emails from here to here. You know, email me here, and then I'm like, okay, got it. And then, like, it's always so far out. And when the time comes, I'm just completely fucking forgetting it. So. Wow. And he's he's working his ass off. That's one of the magic tricks of that thing is someone who looks so laid back is, is like, hustling. Like, yes. Right. Always doing that rednecks in Hollywood yeah, thing. And yeah. And that's a lot. And that's a lot of content. Yeah. That's a lot um, of stuff. So, g- good for them. <laughs> yeah. 
I think I think it's it's going amazing. Is there more for this season, or are they done? I can't remember. I don't know. I think I don't know how many they did. Six there episodes or something like that. Hopefully, I think there's more. like one or two more. There, yeah, there's got to be more because they always do like a cool finale. That's another thing about the series that I really appreciate. You know, so I was reading a, a, a like a ranking of HBO shows, right? Like the HBO best HBO shows ever. Some wild differences going on, but I was like, you know, I haven't seen uh, that HBO is a particular kind of. Uh, product right. right like you you're you're getting something and it's going to have a vibe even if it's a totally different whatever sometimes you're just in the mood for it um and i thought i had kicked over most of the underrated gems that were hbo horrors um, hbo series um the rome is my favorite go-to one for people who have, it's a series apparently no one's seen but was fantastic but uh boardwalk empire comes out of nowhere and i'm like I i'm did like gonna watch one. this because i passed on it at the time because it felt like a sopranos you know cash grab but it looks really good steve buscemi is amazing michael shannon i'm a huge fan of apparently mm-hmm. you know so uh i'm like i'm gonna check this out but um when i was reading the list strangely four or five of them paste magazine was one of them i don't remember the other ranker probably you know whatever website um Almost all of them had John Oliver's last week tonight in the top fifteen. Really, of the all-time series, right? Wow! And the Larry Sanders show is almost in almost all of the top five of the list, but that's you know fictionalized. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think of the series as I just expected shows, fictional right. shows, right? So I I started thinking, and I if Shutter becomes as huge as it possibly can be like dominates horror becomes the fangoria of the you know 2000 you know 20s or whatever um and goes on to become a huge mega thing with its you know unlimited amc resources right then um maybe 15 20 years from now they'll rank shutter series and joe bob is gonna be in the top five no matter what happens to shutter uh, you know, I believe it, that. Like, no matter what they do or the originals they create or whatever, it's just there's something so unique and irreplaceable about about what it, what what happens over there. That's the other thing is uh, I wanted to watch more of the last driving because I was thinking about the episodes that we did watch. They've always been like he's always shows great movies. He's always saying great things about he the does movies. Not always show great movies. Come on. Well, no, I mean, but but. <laughs> They're entertaining. Yes, and and if and if they're not he entertaining, he, he he gives them the fun elements of it, sure. and he gives you things to look forward to, all the bad stuff to look forward to, yep. like when they showed his his boar or whatever it was movie, <laughs> Hogzilla. Yeah, Hogzilla. <laughs> I mean, that was great because that was a love letter to whoever. For some reason, it's hard for me to get into when they show new movies. I don't know why. Maybe it's I just because f- it's not. As I fun. feel the same way, and that, and it's interesting. So, except I, for Scarecrow, I wanted to I wanted to try to jump in. Like I wanted to go to the second movie they showed after re. Animator. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a new movie. It, next again. Next again. Yeah, it is a new movie. It is a new movie. Yeah. Okay. So I want, but I wanted to try to maybe uh, jump in it, like maybe like throw it on my second monitor and like play some video games and just you know see if it's any good. And, Hell yeah. And what whatever. But like I was just thinking about like how I was watching the old promos for Monster Vision and how I was like I I, va- I vaguely remember seeing the commercials on. I don't know if I ever really watched a full episode or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't quite remember that. And I was like, man, it'd be really cool to like experience that and to be able to watch that. And I was thinking about all the episodes I wasn't watching, and I was like, well, I don't want to be 
me watching those old Monster Vision promos, wondering what it would have been like to experience that. So I want to continue. That's so weird that you inceptioned yourself. I did. I inceptioned myself into watching more Joe Ball because I didn't want to, like, you know, 10 years down the road, see, you know, the last drive-in. And then, you know, you see all these, you know, younger horror fans being like, oh, I wish I would have caught that live. And all these people like, yeah, it was great. And then I'm Mm -hmm. sitting here like, you know, well, yeah, it's I, like the I missed out. I literally so I haven't gotten over my FOMO. <laughs> no, you oh haven't. my god! Good full circle. Whoa! <laughs> See, it was lurking the whole time. Wow! Right? Like, right? It was, it was. It was right. It was there in the background. It jumped out at you when you didn't think about it. That's why Son I say, of a bitch. hey man, nice FOMO. Nice FOMO. Nice, hey man, nice, nice FOMO, man. That's the title. No, we're not doing titles anymore. We're just doing the business. No, that's the title. That's hey man, title. nice episode was the. Was, hey man, nice episode was, that's the, that's, is the title. That's the, oh, that's right. You didn't tell me. I didn't tell you. I couldn't tell you because it would just be an immediate giveaway. Hey man, nice episode. <laughs> right, exactly. Wow. So the reveal is. I hate how hard I would full circle this episode. That was <laughs> that was that was fucking impressive. wild. Dude. We are literally ending. I always. All right. Well, if that didn't if that blew your mind, give us an <laughs> iTunes rating. <laughs> yeah, go back in time seven days and give us an iTunes rating seven days ago. That was weird. Seriously, I don't think I I haven't rechecked him, but I don't think we've gotten a 2021 review. So that prize. You could honestly just well, say... Well, in their defense, we were doing Oh, yeah, we were. Some stuff. We were MIA for right, a minute. That's our we? fault, not theirs. Oh, yeah. But we're back, so... We're back. You can come back, too. Give us a... Give us just a re- brag about being the first of 2021. Give us a give us a review. Give us suggestions. Give us, uh, you know, so, like some something thoughtful to re- read in there. Some of those reviews, because Nick likes to, to give coded reviews. I'll, I'll log in, and it'll just be, be like, Tusk. Five stars. <laughs> I'm like, Tusk, one word review. What the hell are they What is that about? about? Like, Aurora Borealis. I'm like, oh, this is one of Nick's codes. Oh, yeah. The last one was STL, and it was about degloving. <laughs> right, right. Those are the, actually, right. those are the last. That's what I'm saying. Those are the last two. Those are my so, favorite. So actually, write a couple like sentences would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Some, I'd, something I'd, cool. I'd, I'd the people it. at Apple were like, STL. No, <laughs> STL what, fucking whatever, <laughs> weirdos. Five stars. Yeah. All right. Until next time, stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. Talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye, guys.